Hello, society. This is Melinda from Court of Femme, where our motto is, let's just talk about it. Let's see where it goes. Because that seems to be a constant missing element in cultures across our nation right now. Communication, dialogue, the back and forth, the banter, the Q&A, the seeking of understanding, the curiousness of listening. Communication is about discovery, discovering more about who we are when things surface and we give ourselves permission to release them, and discovering more about who others are, how they think, what leads people to think certain ways, what drives our actions. Communication helps to uncover all of it. So why are we so hesitant to engage in dialogue? Why is it so difficult to stand in the discomfort of disagreement and keep discussing ways to unify? And why is it so easy and comfortable to just silence, block, and ignore communication? Court FM is dedicated to talking about it, all of it, what inspires, what enlightens, and also what challenges and what stings. And with this opportunity, comes great responsibility. And my responsibility as host on this podcast is to create a safe space for people to be real, be honest, transparent in the issues they desire to discuss. Communication is not always popular. Personally, however, I am fascinated by it. And that's why I'm dedicating this season of my life to pursuing communications degree. I believe fear of communication is an underlying source of dysfunction in relationships of all kinds. There are so many varieties of what I call the communication police. These unspoken agreements on who's allowed to talk openly, who must remain quiet or tight-lipped, what challenges can be freely discussed, and what questions must first be approved by the gatekeepers. Cultures with a hierarchy of power often create fear of speaking up and sharing experiences, where it's common to debate someone's lived experience. There's this rule of reputation over relationship. In this space, however, we welcome it all. The topics we never got comfortable discussing, we never had permission to bring up. Let's practice discussing them. The issues that are important to us, but perhaps not of value to others. Let's practice dialoguing about it. The bodily functions and characteristics of humanity in all of its complexity is worth talking about. So let's just do that. Let's talk about it. Because empowered women and empowered men can talk about anything. This series is titled Shameless Sexuality. My co-host Tiana shares about coming out into her own sexuality as a 20-something, and my perspective is of a mature woman and mother. We also interviewed some empowered, very masculine men. We all have stories to tell, issues to discuss, and we all hope for continued individual liberation and human development in our sexuality. While we all come from different camps, We can agree that talking openly about sex and being free to discover our sexuality is an empowering process in all of our lives. 
Tiana and I both respect and honor our bodies, our needs, and our desires. It just looks different for each of us in our respective season. But we will continue to ask more questions, to learn more about ourselves as we listen to one another. And that's our invitation to you, to listen with the intention of learning more about yourself and those you love or choose to be intimate with. Because when we listen to learn, we start to hold a greater capacity to expand our understanding. And in turn, that's how we connect with the world around us. Welcome to Core de Femme, where her story is the story. And welcome to our next series, Shameless, The Empowerment of Sexuality. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Court of Femme. This is Tiana, your host, and I'm here with Melinda. Hi. Uh, We're back together again. It's good to be back. It is. Yeah. It's always interesting, like having a couple people w- that are just interviews, mm-hmm. and then we get back into our series, and it just feels like, okay, we came back home for a little bit. Like, yeah. we traveled the world and talked to all these people, and now we're back together again. Yes, it feels good. And so this good. topic is my favorite thing to talk about. Same. Yes. Cheers. Cheers, Melinda. Cheers we are to drinking. our favorite topic. Yes. <laughs> and that topic is, we're talking about sex. And everything that comes along with it, whether it's sexuality, spirituality, funny stories, shame, everything. And our goal here is to express our excitement about sex and our how <laughs> honoring it can be and empowering yeah. it truly can be. Yes. So we've titled this whole series, what are we doing? Shameless. Yeah. It's called Shameless Empowerment in Sexuality. Because there is empowerment. And remember, empowerment is not power over other people. Empowerment is power within. So the idea of our sexuality being our internal power. Yeah. It's knowing ourselves and that's power. So that's where it begins. That's where where I believe confidence starts. You know, if you are confident looking at yourself naked in the mirror, you're going to have confidence in every other aspect in your life. Yeah. Like, do you like what you see? Yeah. Do you like, do you like what you feel? Do you like what you touch when you explore yourself? You know, like, is that something that you enjoy doing and feel empowered by? Do you, and that's, I mean, I think that's the quickest way to fall in love with yourself is spending intimate time with yourself. Yeah. You know, letting go of what you think you should be looking like or what, society and culture says here's what's acceptable and here's what's beautiful Mm -hmm. that's such garbage like we are beautiful in every way shape and form and so to see that is just powerful yeah very powerful and as we get into the more details of all of this sex talk let's let everyone know this is adult content and please be advised as to what we start talking about we're going to talk about the details and the nitty gritty throughout the season series, excuse me. So just be advised and be excited about it because we are. Yes. And we will mark this episode as explicit content so that you're aware and hopefully you're, you know, being responsible. Yes. Okay. 
So where do we begin, Tiana? Where do we begin with this idea of shameless? From the very beginning, I think. I think, you know, I mean, sexuality is such a peculiar thing. And, and it starts, it truly does start at a young age. Curiosity sparks mm -hmm. when we find our creepy uncle's porno mags or <laughs> yeah. whatever the case may be like there's we run into sexual experiences before we even know what sex is yeah so i'm curious melinda <laughs> i'm going first wait you you're asking me the first question no okay. pressure's on you girl okay i want to know what was your first sexual experiences when when were, were you first exposed to what sex could be um well of course you know, I was raised very religious, fundamental religious, where it's not, we just don't talk about it. And if you're talking about it, you're going to get in trouble. Mm. Um, so when in those cultures where it is kind of a shame-induced shame topic, you, you become more curious, I believe. And so you start kind of looking for it other places. And mm -hmm. I don't know, just it becomes a joke because it's a secret. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And then it drives curiosity. But we had one of those books, like, Where Did You Come From? Yeah. And I remember seeing the, you know, it's cartoons and seeing the shape of a penis of a male's parts. And I was Ooh. like, what is this strange <laughs> thing? What is this? What and is that me? Seeing the full anatomy for the first time when I was yeah. little, I was just, oh, I just flabbergasted. as the only word I can think of, you know, just like, Wow wow, does everybody look like that? Right. And that's the great thing about growing up is like you, you're shown so many sex education pictures of the basic anatomy of what a woman and a man might look like. But each individual is so unique and complex sexually yeah. that that doesn't even do it justice. You know, you have to have these experiences to see that everyone has yes. different needs and sexual sexuality is so complex. Yes. And it's incredible. I remember also finding a book at the library when all I had known was this cartoon book, you know, mm -hmm. and then I saw one at the library that was like real people, oh. but it was sketches. Oh. So it was hairy people. And I remember <laughs> being like, what's with all the hair? Like, what is this? Are we going to, am I going to grow into this hairy ape person that I'm looking at? That's hilarious. I mean, I'm looking at the men, of course, but I was, I, I really believed like I was going to grow all this hair down there. I mean... Oh, we do, but scary. not in that way. Right. And I had this vision of like, what was going to happen? Oh, no. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I'd be mortified. That's hilarious. <laughs> okay. So my question to you, what were, you know, because in, in society, we are so comfortable saying, oh, my feet hurt. Mm -hmm. Or, oh, my gosh, I got a pedicure and my feet feel amazing. My feet feel so good right now. Mm -hmm. like, you know, we talk about our body parts casually yeah it's normal it's normal to say oh that feels so good on my ears keep rubbing my ears yeah but when it comes to our reproductive organs our sexual organs it's like we're not allowed to talk to them as if they're a part of us mm. like it's this secret right yeah. so what is your first names that were given to you or told to you of like this is what's down there um you know, my, <laughs> I don't know. My mom always said the JJ. The JJ. 
Yeah. Which I don't know. I thought was kind of silly. And then, but I guess we've grown up. We've always grown up like me and my sister and my friends have always said hoo ha. It's our hoo ha. Hoo ha. You know, it's it's. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but recently, I was just talking to some of my girlfriends, and they were talking about how they stick their hands in between their legs when their hands are cold. And now yeah. my roommate is calling it her little heater. <laughs> oh, <laughs> it's so cute. It cracks me up, but it it's accurate. It is it a little is heater accurate. down there. It's a and, lot of power. Yes, and that is. <laughs> actually physically sound like when you put your hands on your stomach that was what we were taught um if you're feeling hypothermic or whatever if you're in cold or Mm -hmm. snow put your hands on your belly because there's a lot of nerve endings and there's a lot of blood there yeah and because of those organs and that'll help keep you warm but you can also do that down your pants and it's the same it's the same warmth generating but we're it's so culturally unacceptable to Say that, okay, kids. Put your hands down your pants and keep your keep your. I'm gonna go warm. use my little heater real quick. <laughs> <sighs> so ours was crotch. Ugh. That's all we called it I in hate our that house. One. And I and I had a house full of girls. I have two sisters and my mom, and we called it our crotch. And it was such this word that was like crotch, like mm-hmm. a crotchety old man. That's what right. I related it to, right? Because yeah. isn't that word crotchety like? Yeah, it just sounds crusty like, and yeah. rigid and mean. It's just <laughs> mean. such a harsh word for something so beautiful. Seriously, I can't even bring myself to say the word crotch anymore because my relationship with myself is way too special and divine that that word is just like, oh, how dare you? I feel like my vagina says to me sometimes, how <laughs> dare you call me that? <laughs> Do not call me that. Do not. I am much better than that word. Right. That always It always reminds me of friends when Monica refers to it as her flower. Yeah, flower. Yeah. And that infamous episode of her explaining to Chandler all the different, you know, seven, seven, seven. seven. If you watch Friends, y'all know what I'm talking about. Yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, so so okay. So crotch, we've we've ruled out. We mm-hmm. don't like it. So what? So what should we call it? Um. What do you call it now? Well, we also used to call it Peep. Peep. My Peep. That's kind of cute. <laughs> yes. So Peep yeah. was like early days. Then Crotch was like when I when we got our period because it was a drag. Oh. You know, being on the rag, that whole thing. That's so, so lame. It is. It should be celebrated. Right. And this is what I never understood, especially in a religious culture where women were these life givers and we were the ones who brought life into the earth and it was such a reverence for women yet we referred to our actual body parts as such draggy like mean crotchety things so yeah like they were burdens burdens yeah yeah and that's the furthest thing from it yes furthest thing Oh, I think that's, that has been the biggest breakthrough. I think I think in my 30s is when I acknowledge that, you know what? Because I have always had double Ds, you know, since in my 20s. I had a child at 21. So I always had large breasts mm-hmm. from then on forward. And I, it used to be a burden to me. And then, you know, trying to find the right bra. And it was like, oh, bra straps dragging, digging in and burden right yeah and it's only been maybe several years that i have acknowledged that no this is not a burden this is a beautiful part of me it's complex it's important it's valuable it's a treasure so 
I have to stop myself, even to this day, because it's so conditioned, you know? Yeah, yeah, and I, I understand that, truly. But, yeah, not a burden for this thing from that. <laughs> Absolute plus. Good for you, Melinda. Darn <laughs> girl. So what about an earliest memory about your curiosity? So the earliest thing I can remember that sparked my curiosity was, uh, I think I was about seven years old, maybe eight. And I was staying with my dad for the weekend and I found a deck of playing cards, just Mm. a plain deck of playing cards. And I'm seven years old and I know what cards are and I'm not afraid of cards. I want to go play cards. Sure. So I started looking through them. And there is a different naked woman on each different card. They're little porno cards. Mm. And, you know, thinking about it Were now. Were they in suggestive positions? Oh, or just so, like, like legs spread, big old bush right in the middle. <laughs> all of it. All oh, of it. bush. Okay, so we're talking 70s? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah, they were... Yeah, I don't even know what to say. I, I vaguely remember, but I just remember never seeing a woman in that position before, never mm-hmm. never even knowing, seeing another woman's body besides my mother's, you know? So, I and I don't, that moment didn't spark any arousals or anything. I, I don't even know if I had the hormones in my body yet at that point in my life, but yeah. I was curious. Just curious. Just like, wow. And, and I think, you know, even then I was just, I found these women beautiful, Hmm. and powerful hmm. you know um but dad quickly snatched them out of my hand those are not for you right not for you young lady you shouldn't be looking at that no ma'am so yeah it was a very quick <laughs> vague memory but I, that was definitely my first experience with sexuality hmm. and expressing sexuality yeah and, well, and seeing it in a public sphere like yeah. that not just you know yeah, a secret something. It was like someone made a deck of cards and they were sold around the world like these. Right. It's a public yeah. Thing. Who who are these women? Right. <laughs> who they must Where have, do you buy yeah. these kinds of cards? Dad, <laughs> why do you have these? What's yeah. a full house now? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. All sorts of questions running through my mind, but you know, I didn't even think about that until you asked me that. So, yeah. it's, you know, not I wouldn't say it's a fond memory, but a little exciting. Like, that's, yeah. Yes. Like, kind of wish I could experience that again. Like, what would <laughs> I think now if I found those? I I don't know. Right. Yeah. So, my friend, I think I think we both talked about this, that this was around the third grade for you. Mm-hmm. Yes, because I was in the third grade also. Yeah. And a friend of mine, her dad sold his jewelry at this really eclectic art space in town, right? And this is like a, a funky little hippie town. So, this was an art space that had a bunch of different vendors there selling different things. And one room of this space was, a, I don't even know who the artist was, but they made puppets, like big big puppets, uh, marionette kind of things, but they were made from like um, stocking material that was stuffed, you know, so it was, I don't know, just yeah, almost like Miss Piggy-ish kind of things. But they were up on the ceiling and up on shelves and my friend poked at me and was like, come over here. And we walked over to this corner and she told me to look up. And I looked up and one of the puppets was hanging from the ceiling and it had a dress on. And you look under it and full bush, everything. She showed me another one and it was a, definitely a man bush. An like, atomically correct puppet. puppet. <laughs> they were adult puppets. And then her dad came in and quickly was like, rushed us out of there. Hey, you guys don't need to be in here. And we're just like, 
but there's things under their clothing. And these are puppets. But it's a toy. But it's a doll. Like, <laughs> yeah. And also my grandmother had um, ceramic frogs on her um, coffee table. Two beautiful green shiny ceramic toads and you flip them over and there was a man and a woman frog like this frog had a penis that is so funny frogs don't have penises so somebody made these figurines inconspicuous and my grandmother loved them she thought it was a riot that is so funny just casually in the living room because it is great i mean (laughs) i love that i love that so much (laughs) i know oh my gosh it's like you know i hear of people like having their their personal, private, intimate toys yeah. that are, like, beautifully decorated and hide them in plain sight because they look like art. Yes. You know? Sure. That cracks me up. Like, I think why that's are we not introducing the artistry of the body, of the physical form? Like, yeah. why is it such a shame, like, covered? Yeah. Isn't it, like, that's the early days, right? Yeah. The, the biblical story of and hiding- Adam and Eve hiding. Right, and hiding that to me is is shameful. The act of sex itself is magic. It's truly, it's honorable. It's it's I don't know, it's just it holds a lot of value. So to hide that and hide its power and it's just incredibleness. I don't that, losing my words it's here. It's divine. Yeah. It really divine. is. I, I definitely believe it is one of the closest things to God. <laughs> Like sexuality, mm-hmm. it is so empowering and it's refueling and it's invigorating and it's creative and it's necessary. Mm-hmm. It's absolutely necessary. I mean, they call them conjugal visits when people are in prison because it's human nature and it's well being to be able to be with your partner. Yeah, truly. So, we have to, we got to continue to talk about this. This is yeah. why we're talking about it's this. It's 2021, everyone. We are sex positive. We are yes. excited to talk about it and learn about yes. it because there's always more to be learning about it. Yeah. You know, we don't, we don't have the privilege of learning about it in school or, you know, most, I, I don't know about most people, but with me, like I didn't get to learn it from my parents and no one was there to teach me about the true blessing that sex is Mm -hmm. and you know I had to learn a lot of lessons the hard way but and now I'm just you know I've I've got some experience under my belt I've learned a lot and now I can move forward and and truly enjoy every experience that I have moving forward yeah you know and there's this element of shamelessness about sex that I think it's one thing to say yeah I was very promiscuous or I had a very you know shameful past and so now I can talk about it that's not the same as owning your past and saying fuck that I wasn't promiscuous I was in tune with my sexuality it was empowering to me and maybe for for some people they don't have positive experiences yeah but some people do other Mm -hmm. people are like it wasn't it wasn't a big shame fest to consider my years of being with other people yeah. Yeah, and I I I don't understand that. I I, w- I was raised that sex is to be saved as a woman, sex is to be saved for your husband mm-hmm. and it is his gift from you. Yes. And it's not something for a woman to enjoy or to need or to 
to seek out. It's mm-hmm. it's simply something wrapped in a white bow and given to your husband on your wedding night. and Or whenever else he would like it. Exactly. And, <laughs> From there on out. And so that's, you know, that's the kind of environment I was raised in. And here I am living a polar opposite lifestyle. Yeah. And having a wonderful time. Yeah. Wonderful. And, I, and it's interesting because I'm in a hetero relationship and mm-hmm. we're married. Mm-hmm. And we still, there's still so much stigma of shame that we can't be as playful as we desire to be. Because there's this, you still have a lot of baggage to let go of from being filled with shame for so long. It, you don't just wake up one day and say, Okay, I've let that go. Now I could just be free. It, it takes a long time to yeah. unwind, I think, the things that are wound so tightly within us. The domestication, like you say. Exactly. And mm-hmm. and with sex, I mean, there's so much changing with the views of sex right now. Um, and the generations that are preceding us as well mm-hmm. that are more open and um, experienced and are have access to more information and learning more, you know, like speaking to, I have someone that's a lot younger than me in my family who is just now beginning to experience things like that. And this person is able to talk to me about it. And Mm -hmm. I just, you know, I'm living vicariously. She's living this like educated, powerful, confident sexuality. And I just so badly wish like, I take that back. I don't badly wish. I, I had my experiences for a reason, but it's I'm grateful to be living vicariously and and kind of being that person for her that I needed when I was experiencing that at her yeah. age, you know? So yeah. I'm just really excited to watch our generations grow up and being educated and being excited about sex and knowing its value its true value within self and with in relation as well. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And I feel like I've witnessed, you know, we're 45 and we have witnessed enough relationships and marriages throughout our time that we know what we do not want. We know, we've heard the stories, we've heard couples talk, we've had a lot of different friendships that and relationships with people where it is a drag on both ends. One person's suppressed, the other person is oppressed. And it's, we just don't want that. And so that's, that is another way to learn what you want and what you desire is by identifying what you don't want. So you can see what patterns lead to that. Like, mm-hmm. well, are you talking about it with your partner? No, I don't know how. Okay, well, then we know that we have to start talking about this yeah. because it's going to be a important part of our relationships we want it to be amazing yeah right yeah i mean and so often you know sex can be one of the most important parts of a relationship like if the sex ain't good like (laughs) (laughs) what do you do you know and that's the thing is like it doesn't have to be good from the get-go because there's the opportunity for communication and growth and to figure out what each other likes um but how can you figure that out without talking about it, without right. being confident in what you want, without figuring out what you want with that person? Because you might know what you want, but that other person's anatomy might change that. So you have mm-hmm. to experiment and explore each other and ask each other questions and be curious about each other intimately. 
I think I think for a lot of women my age, it can stem back to not ever knowing yourself. How can you voice or say what you desire if you've never taken the time to discover what you desire or what that feels like to you or what you need? Truly. You can't just skip over that part of your life and then just try to give something to someone that you've never given to yourself. So I know a lot of women my age are kind of going back to that place of, let me look at myself again. Let me touch myself again. Let me understand how my body works and how it functions and how I'm responding to that and how my body's responding involuntarily to things Yeah, so that I can know myself. Yeah. And that's the thing is like, you know, one of the first things I tell people or, you know, people that confide in me and they're like, you know, I don't, I don't really know what I want. Like when's the last time you masturbated? When's the last time you made love to yourself? Mm -hmm. And and that's what I really mean is m- making love to yourself. Yeah. Like doing the body work. Just like, I mean, you don't even you don't even have to do the act of masturbation, the full thing, but looking at your body or even just running your hands up and down your body and appreciating every curve and every mm-hmm. bump and every scar and everything that you like and maybe even you don't like, but a, but still appreciating it because it completes the full circle of who you are and loving mm. that. And then take it the next step further but yeah appreciate yeah and once you start there then then you then you can explore yourself in that way and figure out what you like so you can communicate that to the person that you get to share that with yeah in communication that's where a lot of frustration and um, division can Mm. come from is not feeling like the other person understands you or knows how to please you when really the underlying factor is that you don't know because one, you're not expressing it and two, you don't know how to express it and three, you don't know. You just don't know. So we're talking about it because it's time to talk about it. And I think what is a beautiful thing about this podcast between me and you, I mean, you're 27. Yes. And I'm 45, and we are talking about it with each other. I, You're very calm, and you're very soft, and you're very wise and soft-spoken, right? And I'm enthusiastic. And we both have these different personalities and these different ages and experiences, but we're finding a way to communicate with each other. And I only hope that people can hear our conversation and get inspired to ask their partners questions that they mm-hmm. that conjure up because of these conversations like sometimes you have to hear what it sounds like to have right conversations and healthy yeah. discourse yeah. so that you can start doing it for yourself because just like growing up in a home where you never saw something modeled children learn what they live so we're we're out here talking about this so that other people will get spurred on to talk about it yeah. in their own way and in their own personality and style. But yeah, absolutely. Let's and talk about it. And on that note, homework for everyone listening: the easiest first question to ask yourself to get inspired to start talking about sex: ask yourself, "What is my fantasy? What is a fantasy that I have?" Mm. And write it down. And then if you have a partner that you want to talk to about this, ask them what theirs might be. Just start there. Just start Because there. we all fantasize. We all do it. Yeah. So what's one? Give yourself permission and then give your partner the freedom 
Yeah. A safe space. Give yourself a safe space. A shameless space. Yes. Shameless. Yeah. That's our that's our goal here, right? Absolutely. So our, our third question for this first section is our earliest shame experience. So talking about that curiosity that we had as kids, but maybe that progressed. And at what point did it become heavily shameful? So for me, I was in I was in middle school. I was in seventh grade, and I I was truly like innocently curious. I wanted to observe naked anatomy of a man and a woman. I you know I was old enough. I was starting to get hormones, and I was I was curious about both men and women. At in seventh grade, I truly was. And the first one I looked up was women because I'm attracted to both equally. It's true, but women are just freaking beautiful (laughs) they are gorgeous so of course that's what I wanted to see first so I just my parents are gone I'm home alone I have the computer and I just type in the google browse box naked woman and nothing comes (laughs) up it's just a bunch of websites and I see like Pornhub and I'm not interested in looking at porn I don't want to see sex happen we're taking baby steps here I just want to see a naked body I literally just want to see a picture and nothing comes up so I get a little nervous and I'm like I'm my I'm gonna get viruses on my parents computer so i'm like okay maybe maybe naked man will be more you know because men are less shameful maybe maybe there's more that whatever so, so i typed that you said you were in the seventh grade yeah okay yeah. so how long ago was that how many years ago was uh, that was this that stuff was... even on the internet back then i don't see i don't even know yeah, okay i don't know the early uh, stages of the interwebs <laughs> yeah no kidding i could just see was, typing yeah away. early 2000s so yeah pretty new <laughs> but anyways i got so nervous i was gonna get a virus and on my parents computer and they were gonna find out or whatever and i wasn't even scared of them finding out like i in in my mind being curious about the naked anatomy wasn't a bad thing because no one had talked to me about it yet yeah um but anyways i give up on that and i go take a bath my parents get home and my mom knocks on on the bathroom door while I'm in there and I'm like, Mom, come in. She goes, I need you to get out of the bath right now and you need to come talk to us. In her very stern mom voice. And oh, I was God. absolutely mortified. Did you know? Like did you did you no. think like, oh God, she knows. She knows exactly what's happening. No, I oh, okay. I genuinely thought that if if that was the case, we were gonna have a conversation about it and or it was something else completely. I wasn't worried about that for whatever reason. We just had never talked about it. I'd never talked about that with my parents. But anyways, long story short, they found my browser history. (laughs) (laughs) Warned me about pornography, how it was a sin, all the things. things. I got grounded for three months. Oh, my gosh. Like full grounded. No friends, no playing, no phone, no computer, no TV. Like grounded, super grounded. For looking up, just looking it up. Yeah. And okay. and that brought me a lot of shame because I I was innocently curious. Yeah. And yes, I had the hormones and yes, I was, I'm attracted, get, becoming attracted at this point in my life. And maybe that stirred a lot of fear in my parents. They didn't want me to start early. And I know they were doing the best they could at that time in their lives with what they knew, but... Mm-hmm. What a beautiful opportunity that could have been to build our relationship and to teach me a lot of things, yeah. you know? 
Yeah. Opportunity. Missed opportunity. It was a very yeah. missed opportunity. And from there on out, I knew I could never talk to my parents about sex hmm. because it was worth getting grounded over. Right. You know? Well, it, fear. Yeah. That's what, when there's shame induced in these situations, it breeds fear. Right. And for a child to be fearful of having a conversation with parents about things they're curious about, what a missed opportunity. Yeah. 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 And, you know, Things are different now, of course. Yeah. But, but I always wonder what my relationship with my parents might have been if mm. that curiosity was encouraged. Yeah. Not, you, you know what I mean? Like, right. of course, not sexuality encouraged in the grade of seven, but. But informative. Yeah. Yeah. Real. The reality. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So you, you had also shared that, because we talked about this. Um, we had our shame experience, but then what has anything in your life kind of restored that shame for you for that, from that moment of your first being shamed for your curious and sexuality? And I mean, there's a lot of things I, through my experiences as an adult, uh, I've gained a lot of confidence sex in my sexuality. More recently, my mom has re-fallen in love mm. with a wonderful, wonderful man and getting to see her fall in love and welcome this new curiosity with a new man who truly loves her and looks at sex in a different way. And mm. now we're able to talk about those things. Oh, that's wonderful. In my adult life, it's it's like healed a, an inner child in a way. Yeah. And and in that sense, you know, I, I have another family family member too who has, I mentioned this earlier, who has come to me and... And I mentioned to this person, you know, I I didn't have anyone to talk to about sex growing up. And I needed information or could have used information in my experiences. So if you ever need a person or need to talk to somebody or have questions, I want to be that person. Mm. And so now I feel like I'm, yeah. like I said, living vicariously and healing that inner child because I get to be that person that I needed. Yes. And it's fantastic. That's beautiful. That is how we can reverse that shame is by doing differently mm-hmm. for our the world that we're living in at the moment, just being a different person yeah. and doing things differently. Yeah. What about you? Do you want to share one of your stories? Can you handle it? I Absolutely. <laughs> Let's hear it. This is kind of brutal. I mean, it's, I think about it still to this day because I'm so... Sometimes I just still get mad about it. Like, I can't believe you did that. But, you know, same time, though. I think this is interesting because you and I both had that curiosity in the third grade. But then here we are in the seventh grade. We both were in the seventh grade when we had this same curiosity but more of a shame experience. So in the seventh grade, I had a couple girlfriends and coincidentally one of the girlfriends it was her dad who had the art puppets in his studio so we were naturally just curious maybe those puppets induced it I don't know whatever but um my older one of the girls had an older sister and um she introduced us to this wand vibrator it was the wand you know from the 70s -hmm. the original wand and she was first showing us, like, if you put it on your nose, it'll make you sneeze. <laughs> and so we used to do that for, like, 
an hour. We just swap this vibrator back and forth, put it on our nose and and giggle until we sneezed. And it was like, you know, even a sneeze sometimes is like, woo. I know that's silly, but I think that is so adorable. (laughs) It is so adorable. (laughs) We were very innocent about it. But then at one point she was just like, there's another place that you can put it and Ooh. wonderful things happen also. <laughs> and so she didn't show us. She just told us, right? Yeah. yeah. But then she left the room and of course we tried it. Well, yeah. Right. And she was right. There were some wonderful <laughs> things that happened. And so that kind of became this like secret thing between me and these girlfriends um, in middle school was like, does someone want to pass off the vibrator this weekend? Or like, where can I get one? And, you know, just yeah, just curious yeah. and so in, in, enthusiastic. Like, this is something my body does? Holy shit. <laughs> like, this is amazing. Right. Um, turns out one of the girls got caught. And, of course, the parents started talking. So my sisters and I were summoned to the living room. And we had to sit around. And while my dad pulled out the wand and just set it in the middle of the room and we were mortified already like just seeing it and having it be put in front of us was mortifying and then he asked us where are you putting this oh like god listen you I'm trying not to curse right now, but you know exactly. This is me as an adult right now yeah. is telling this guy, like, you know exactly where we put it. You just wanted us to say it so that we would feel shame and you would have some kind of power trip over that. Like, I see I see that kind of parent manipulation, and I can see it for what it is right now. But back then, we're just like... Uh, we didn't say anything. We just looked at each other like, who's going to go first? And we didn't talk. We just remained silent to the point where we just all started crying. Oh, my goodness. Like three young girls sitting around a room with their father who's angry asking us, who's, who's using this and where are you using it? And so finally, I think... I think I was the one who said it. it. May have been my older sister. I don't know, but finally, one of us just said, "On our crotch," like Ugh, again, just in tears. The word in tears, mortified, humiliated, and using this god awful word to describe our little peeps. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> <laughs> on our crotch, and then everyone starts crying. And then the thunder and the Bible came out and it was just like, okay. And we sat there for another hour to listen to how absolutely degrading this was to our own bodies and how we were supposed to be saving our bodies for marriage and for our husband. Oh, boy. Here we are, middle school. I have to save myself for my husband. Like, that's how insane this shame culture is. It starts early. It gets on quick and heavy, and it will follow you for so long unless you acknowledge it and say, okay, I'm taking this off, and I'm setting it here, and I'm walking away from that shame because that's garbage. We are human beings. We were designed by our creator this way to have these experiences. There's nothing shameful about it. So it still bothers me about that because I have a middle schooler right now, and I get to be – I do get to be someone different in her life, and I get to have a voice of – 
sexual empowerment and recognizing her changes and celebrating her about them. And we don't talk about period as the rag. We, we talk about it's beautiful embarking on her own sexual reproduction advancement and development. And it has nothing to do with a man either. Like this is for her. Yeah. And it's for her body and it's yeah. for her gift into the world wherever she chooses to place it. So Absolutely. Yes, I for me too, I've I've sensed this restoration of like that stopped there in my house, you know? Like that that shame has stopped in my generation and in my home. More power to you, sister. That's God, that's awesome. <laughs> that's really good to hear. Oh making change. Sex. <laughs> Sex. So yes, facing the past, this is how we look at the things that shaped us about sexuality and say, no more. This is who I am right now. This is how I feel about how I was made and what my body's about. And so let's do some self-love and like recoup some of these feelings and some of these um, empowerments that were robbed. (laughs) Yeah, no kidding. Yeah. So important to do. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. And it can be a lot of hard work, especially, you know, if you have dealt with a lot of sexual shame in your life or trauma even, you know, yeah. it's, it's a lot of um, domestication to un- unlearn and relearn and rediscover about yourself. So it's, it can be a lot of hard work, but it is uh, one of the most honoring things you can do for yourself. It is honoring. And I think that's where I think women specifically, we've never... I guess I can only speak for women because I'm a woman, but that's just an area of our life that needs to be reclaimed at some point. If you have shame from your past, if you have that any kind of trauma, like finding the right person to talk to, getting the help that you need, if you can't do it alone or you don't want to face it alone or if it's too big and it's too heavy. Mm-hmm. There's so many people out there that are trained for that, that want to talk to you, friends that are, will be willing to let you talk and speak about it and yeah. you have to find the right people, man, that right. you can get yourself some friends that you can just talk about this stuff with. Yes. I always just envision the Sex in the City girls at oh, brunch every it. morning talking about their sex capades. Oh my gosh. And I just love it. Because that's possible, yeah. you know? Yeah. I, I've had that in my 20s in the salon. I had a group of girls and we talked about it. It was so rad. It was just great. It it's so great. fun. Yeah. Saying all the things we want to say. Yes. <laughs> all right, everyone, we're going to take a quick break and we will be right back. And when we come back, Tiana's going to talk with us a little bit about coming out and her views on sexuality and her experiences um, talking about um, self-love a little bit, too. So stay with us. Stay tuned, everyone. <laughs> 